One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your eh, little news update, a little bit of preseason preview, I guess we can call it. Uh, Keith, some news from Chicago, and it's debatable as to whether or not it's actually good news. Bulls guard Alonzo Ball has undergone uh, another knee surgery, but the hope is and the expectation is that he should be able to play this season. So he's going to miss a few months recovering. Now, he underwent the initial arthroscopic surgery in January, and they said he'd be back in six to eight weeks. He missed the rest of the season. He missed summer workouts. A couple weeks ago, he said he couldn't run or jump, still can't play basketball. And Keith, it's good news that coming out of the surgery, the pain is gone, because that seems to be one thing that it was hampering him. He was in pain daily, which Daily pain is awful. So good news there. He's out of pain, uh, but maybe a little bit of false hope, given well, so the extent of th- the. That's injury. where I come down, Dave. And we were we were talking before the show where it's like, I guess it's good where he has a resolution, and the doctor's like, all right, we can fix it again. For me, it's like, is this good news? Because. It, like you had this chronic thing. It did not get better with the previous surgery. And now I know like the news breaking was released in kind of a positive slant to say like, Oh, they've taken care of this. They're saying it's a successful surgery. They always say it's a successful surgery. Like we don't know if this is going to help Lonzo Ball at all. We obviously hope this will get to the the core of the issue, but he had that press conference right before the surgery where he's saying like, I, I can't run a jump still. And Bulls fans are just like, what? Like, what bad luck is this? Because they were, the Bulls were so exciting at times last year. And, you know, they were number one in the East for a spell. And, like, their defense looked really good with Lonzo Ball playing and also with Alex Caruso playing. And then, of course, the injuries took those guys away. And they ended the season kind of fizzled out. And now coming into this year, whatever optimism built early last year, it's gone. Because you're just hoping that Lonzo Ball was going to be there. And now knowing, you know, maybe this is a resolution. Maybe he's going to finally be available come trade deadline or post Christmas or something. But like, I don't know. I I'm with you where I can't decide like how optimistic are, are we supposed to be? Well, I mean the, the, the saddest part about this is the way that the bulls started out last year and Lonzo's importance to what they were doing both yeah. defensively and as a shooter and offensive connector. Um, it, it was sad because this team was so much fun early him and Caruso really just just provided this this defense up front and on the perimeter to allow DeMar DeRozan to kind of do his thing. DeMar getting a chance to guard fours like we saw that last couple seasons in San Antonio. They really were rolling. I mean, they started, they were 22 and 13, I, I believe, before Lonzo got hurt. Well, they were and 22 and 13 when he played. It's, at some point, oh. I think they were 27 and 11 was like the best that they, 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 they peaked out. But yeah, they, they, they were awesome. Uh, like not to cut you off, but like there was like the silver lining last year where it's like, all right, this, this has forced like Ayo Desumu to get a bunch of minutes. And so like, now you can be encouraged. Like, okay, that's a guy, we have a player here, but you still hoped Lonzo would come back to be that distributor, to be that facilitator, to, to spread it around between, you know, uh, Vucevic and, and DeRozan and Levine. And now you're kind of back to square one. I know Bulls fans are going to be like, all right, well, Gordon Drogic is coming in. He, he can pick up 
some of that lacking guard play or, or to fill that void. Uh, Bulls fans are excited, and I think all NBA fans are excited that Patrick Williams can be here this year and contribute. Maybe we'll see a little leap, some internal development from him. But overall, it's like we want to see these teams full strength, and we want to see Lonzo Ball. who Because he's... He's one of my favorite guys to watch play basketball. Like, I, I mean, I personally have an affinity for guys who have weird shots slash can't shoot that well. And he knocks down threes. Like, he knocks them down. But, like, his just innate sense of rebounding and passing, it's joyous to watch, and we're definitely missing out when he's not playing. Yeah, and the windows in the NBA do not stay open long. No. And I wonder if we watched the Bulls' window close last season around game 40. Because they were they were on a nice run. And at this point, I, I just don't think that you can make up for the loss of Lonzo Ball for this team. I mean, Io was great. Patrick Williams, I, I don't know what he's going to be. I mean, he missed a year, a, a crucial year of development. And at this point, I mean, Goran Dragic is in year 14. If your season is, is sort of hinging on him as more than a role player, sixth man, seventh man, I don't know, man. I, that would that would worry me if I were Chicago. I, I like bringing in Goran Dragic, who's who has one of the greatest Bulls highlights ever when he uh, allowed Derrick Rose to dunk all over him, uh, like like fourteen years ago or whatever it was, ten years ago. One of the greatest dunks ever of Derrick Rose just posterizing uh, Goran Dragic back when he was on the Suns. Yeah, you, you hate to you know think about teams like or consider like could the window be closed? Like you know. Levine, he's in his prime, but like DeRozan, he's a little bit older. And then you, you, it's hard not to think about just the trade, the Vucevic trade, where it's like Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner, and then it's still a, a future pick to be determined. Like that's a that's a tough one to swallow. But obviously, uh, best of luck to, to to Lonzo and his uh, his recovery from the surgery because we all want to see him play ball. Are we overlooking them? Like we did last year. I mean, no. That being said, the, the final result of their season was <laughs> right in line with, I think, what, what most of us thought it would be, but it was with the injuries. And, and now, with no Lonzo, I mean, Caruso should be at full health. Patrick Williams looking like he's at full health. I mean, in the in the East, it's pretty stacked. Do you give them any chance at getting top four? No, I don't. I don't think we're overlooking them. I mean, I think they are what they are. They're they're going to be, uh, I think their team goal, their fan base goal should be avoid the play-in. You know, like you don't want to be in the play-in. But like, I think generally we you have to have more confidence in, in the Bucks and even the Celtics, despite everything that's going over there, and the Heat and the Sixers and the Raptors. And then I'll start thinking about the Bulls. Like once those those teams are out of the way, then, and that's not even concluding the Nets. Like we don't know, we assume if the Nets are healthy, I think they're they're going to be better than the Bulls. So I put the Bulls in that, in that lower tier of, of teams between like six and 10. They're going to be battling out for it. And maybe they'll prove me wrong. I mean, maybe Patrick Williams will come on and, and be huge. And, um, you know, we'll see MVP-level seasons uh, out of both Levine and DeRozan. Like, that's the rosiest picture I, I can paint. But, no, I, do, I do not think they're in that upper echelon of Eastern Conference teams. Well, Keith, the preseason is upon us. The Warriors and the Wizards are going to play sometime really early in the morning. I mean, if maybe if you have a crazy work schedule, you're listening to this while the game is just starting. Um Good time to check in on the L.A. Clippers, if you ask me, Keith, because there's no way in the world we're going to preview a preseason game in Japan. I have no idea how these guys are going to act. I am worried, though, that the, the Warriors and the Wizards might get off to a slow start because of this trip, but that's for another podcast. 
The Clippers, Keith, are extremely interesting. They play against Ra'anana Maccabi on Friday night, and uh, none of their big guys are going to play. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, and John Wall all not playing for the Clippers in, in this preseason game. Uh, I'm not worried about that. That doesn't bother no, me. No, no. None of that's super surprising. The The best news we got out, out of Clippers training camp was just that on the first day of practice, that Kawhi was a full go. That's all we care about. We don't care about playing in these preseason games. Will they play any preseason games? Ah, maybe. But it looks like Kawhi is going to be back. And that obviously is going to shape the entire title chase, I think, for the NBA this year. Because the Clippers roster, it is incredible. Like, if fully healthy, which is the caveat we had to throw for the Bulls, but like if fully healthy, the collection of talent and of wings specifically, it's unreal to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Norm Powell and Robert Covington and Nick Batum and like Marcus Morse getting DMPs and Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, are they going to play? Like that talent collection is kind of amazing. I, they've got Brandon Boston Jr., Who's yeah, no, he's not going to play. Interesting to me. He's going to play against get to see him play. preseason game, I assume. Oh, I hope get some he puts get up some 40. shots up, Brandon. This is your chance. And so, Keith, we were talking about this before the show because we're just going through the roster. I mean, the the roster really is extremely deep, um, and and they're going to have a chance here to to sort of coast with their stars a bit because I mean, this is still a playoff team from last year that missed a significant portion of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he missed the entire season, but also Paul George was out for a lot. Yeah. And um, the coaching staff there just did a, a wonderful job of maximizing every single piece. This is a team that's going to be in play at the trade deadline, potentially as with a consolidation trade because they have so many guys. They've pulled off what, what OKC has done with draft picks. They've done with wings. It's really impressive. And I wouldn't be surprised. Brandon Boston Jr., I think, is going to be a player. That guy is very valuable. And, and like you said, he's going to be mostly sitting on the bench. I mean, it, the Clippers are for real. I, I think that they've got – I think that they might be the best team in the, in the West. And, and I'm not going to take away from Golden State. I need to see Draymond. And I obviously need to see Kawhi and, and Paul George and all that. But at full health, on paper, yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on paper. They they absolutely I think they're right up there with the Warriors. And then like we haven't even mentioned like the the interesting story, the return of John Wall, freed from being an outcast on the Rockets roster. He he's gonna play. And like between him and Reggie Jackson, like he got some good point guard play. I, I think this just invigoration of bringing back John Wall, and I don't think anyone expects him to be like you know, 100% of like what he was all-star level John Wall, but I think he's going to be good and he's going to distribute the ball. He's going to be, again, like Lonzo Ball on the Bulls, someone uh, just to get it to the scores, like someone who knows how to pass. He's a great passer and like they don't have a ton of great passers. Reggie Jackson is a fine point guard, but he's not like, uh, you wouldn't consider him the top half of starting point guards and his thing is not really facilitation. That's right. Reggie Jackson, great shooter. Shoots well off the dribble. It's actually been one of the big things for the turnaround that we've watched with Reggie Jackson playing in the Clippers. But John Wall, not only is, is he a great passer, he's great at finding those shooters in the corner in transition. And uh, we got a lot of wings here, Keith. I don't know. There, there's a theme with the Clippers. And I think John Wall is exactly the piece that they've been missing the last couple seasons. And if he's healthy and fast again... 
they are going to be trouble. I, I think the bigger question, Keith, is not like I, I think the the starting thing is is a little bit boring. How do you finish games? Like, what's your best five man lineup for the Clippers? I mean, I think Zubats under normal circumstances where you're playing a traditional five. Zubac is clearly the best center that they have available, uh, even with their small ball guys. Yeah, but when so, they go small, who's the center? It's a, it's a great question. When when you asked me just uh, who, who's my top five for that team, um, you know we're we're basically picking three guys because we have we have Kawhi and, <laughs> Kawhi and, and Paul, Paul George. Paul George. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, it's like my mind initially goes to like a non Zubac lineup where it is like um, you you have Batum and Covington. And then I and then I then I pick a guard. It seems weird to not have Norm Powell out there. I know Norm Powell is saying like he wants to be the starting shooting guard. Like that's that's his goal, and we know that guy can fill it up. Like he's an incredible shooter, a great scorer. But like you know, could they play with him at, at, at the one a, a, as like a, a not or having a non traditional point guard? Because like you have Batum who doesn't need the ball uh, to score but likes to pass. You know, if you have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you can handle the ball handling. There, like I don't know. I'm considering that. I I think I'd probably default to what I think might be a, a starting lineup, and and it would be Reggie Jackson and, and Zubac, and then I just got to pick between Batum and Covington and Powell. And honestly, I don't know how you make that decision. Any <laughs> like, three of them, they're they're all great options in my mind. I, I'll say this, man. I actually think Paul George is going to be the point guard in some lineups, and and, and that allows you to play Norm Powell and, and Kawhi and. Covington and Batum, and you know that Ty Lue likes having a lot of ball handlers out there. Norm Powell can also attack off the dribble. Kawhi, yeah. obviously, very gifted with the ball in his hands at, at creating shots. And having shooters as an outlet, uh, that's that's pretty good. And also, Robert Covington. Remember, Robert Covington's small ball five was yeah. a real thing in Houston. And actually, he was really good as a rim protector. He's a better help guy than he is on the ball. You know, he kind of got miscast for a few years there. I think that this role on this team suits him perfectly, especially as that small ball five. But the problem is Marcus Morris is probably better on the offensive end than Covington, just his ability to to actually do stuff with the ball in his hands. But Covington gives you so much as a rim protect. That's another hard choice, Keith. Who's, who, who can we, Dave, who can we package Marcus Morris and Luke <laughs> Kennard for that makes $30 million? Like, is it Luke Kennard and Marcus Morris for Gordon Hayward? What's what's the consolidation for the the big contract guy who you don't have to attach a first round pick to get? I, I'm like Kevin Love. Can we bring in Kevin Love or the Cavaliers? Can we work out something there? Sorry to mention the Cavaliers among the contenders in the East. They're going to be pretty good too. Uh, Bulls are behind them as well. I think. Yeah, like this team. I, I like the idea of the consolidation trade because like if you you have all these large contracts. And you have guys that you maybe don't need on a night-to-night -night basis, like such in Marcus Morris and Luke Kennard. I mean, maybe Luke Kennard will play a huge role this year, but when fully healthy, you would think maybe not. There's nights that Tyloo doesn't turn to him. So, yeah, there's going to be options going into this year for this good team to try to get even better or, or find maybe just like just the right extra piece. Um, maybe it is some kind of center, like because right now they, they just have Zubach. Maybe they don't want to always go um, like a small ball or having Batum or Covington at the five, and maybe there's someone else out there who, who could fill that role. Well, with how good Isaiah Hartenstein was for them, especially in the playoffs, um, I do think that that is on their radar. You know, losing him, it was a pretty big deal for them. Uh, I'm not sure if you can find someone cheap that can replace him. Uh, is there Boogie a thirty Cousins. million dollars? <laughs> is there a John thirty million dollars center phone number. out there? We can we can trade some of these wings maybe for for a premier big. Um, your expectation is probably the same as mine. 
they're they're going to load manage Kawhi for sure. I mean, it, it's, it seems pretty obvious, and also you know, smart. They've they've got the depth. What about Paul George? Do you think Paul George gets a full season in, or do you, you expect to see him like sixty five games too? I mean, look at like your All NBA first team and second team last year. Those guys play 65, 70 games. That's just what the that's just what the NBA does. Um, yeah, I think it's prudent uh, of the Clippers to, you know, keep Paul George at 65, 70 games. Like I think, for whatever reason, I'm sorry, Adam Silver. I know you want the regular season to mean a lot, and you want your your uh, in season tournament next year to mean a lot. But uh, these elite teams, especially if your guys are in the second half of their career. You're just not going to play him. And so, yeah, I mean, hopefully Paul George is totally healthy all year, but I think it just it's just prudent to, to limit the minutes, limit the games for, for your most important players. When you know, like baseline, you're going to get into the postseason. I mean, last year was weird. Uh, they probably would have made it. They lost in the play-in. Paul George was out with the health and safety protocols. So, like, you know, you know even when Kawhi's not there, you're good enough to make the postseason. So, yeah, I think they're going to be smart and, and limit the number of games for their, for their top guys. Well, folks, we are back. We've got basketball again. Everybody enjoy the preseason games. I hope, I hope we actually get some fun stuff, especially from that Japanese game. I'm really excited to see how the crowd reacts to Steph Curry on every single shot. So that's going to be a good time for Keith. I'm Dave. That's going to do it for the show. Thank you guys for listening. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.